Welcome to the Ecom Breakthrough Podcast. Are you ready to unlock the full potential and growth in your business? You've already crossed seven figures in sales, but the challenge is knowing how to take your business to the next level. Join Josh Hadley, an eight-figure e-com business owner and investor, as he interviews highly successful business owners. Get ready, because you're going to learn specific actions you can take today to help your business reach its full potential and leave a lasting impact on the world. Welcome to the Ecom Breakthrough Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hadley, where I interview the top business leaders in e-commerce. Previous guests include Kevin King, Stephen Pope, and Roland Frazier. Today, I'm speaking with Norm Farrar, a.k.a. The Beard Guy, and we will be talking a lot about his tested strategies to launch new products, drive external traffic, and take your brand to eight figures and beyond. This episode is brought to you by Ecom Breakthrough Consulting, where I help seven-figure companies grow to eight figures and beyond. Listen, Norm, I started Hadley Designs back in 2015, and I grew it to an eight-figure brand in seven years. But I made a lot of mistakes along the way that made getting to that eight-figure mark take a little bit longer. There were times where I really doubted myself that I could run an eight-figure business or that my brand could be successful and could survive. I wish I would have had a mentor or a guide along the way that would have helped me overcome a lot of the obstacles um, and stumbling blocks that I encountered on that path. If you've hit a plateau and you want to know the next steps to take your business to the next level, then go to ecombreakthrough.com. That's ecom with two M's to learn more. And as a special bonus to my podcast listeners, this month I'm giving away one $10,000 comprehensive business strategy audit session at no cost. All you need to do is email me at josh at ecombreakthrough.com and in your subject line, put strategy audit. And tell me why you think you should win this uh, comprehensive strategy audit. And uh, we'll select one of you to win. And don't worry if you don't win this month, you'll be entered to win for future months to come. Today, I'm super excited to introduce to you Norm Farrar. Norm specializes in providing e-commerce and online marketing services for brands. He has worked with Fortune 500 companies such as Coca-Cola, Mercedes-Benz, and 20th Century Fox. Since the early 1990s, Norm has focused on helping entrepreneurs optimize their operations and unlock their business's potential. Presently, he is the host of the popular Amazon podcast, Lunch with Norm. So welcome to the show, Norm. Hey, glad to be here. Well, Norm, I know you're a very well-respected uh, man in the e-commerce space, the aka the beard guy. I think everybody that sees your face, they're like, I know who he is. Uh, you've got that distinct beard going on. So you've done a really good job on your own personal branding. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it, it didn't start out that way, but uh, it grew, no pun intended, into it. <laughs> it just grew on you, it sounds like. Exactly. Right? Yeah, I love it. Well, Norm, why don't you uh, get, give our audience and some of our listeners a little bit of background about yourself? Um, you know, how did you get into e-commerce? Obviously, you you have a lot of experience starting in the 1990s, obviously. Um, tell everybody about your background and, and a little bit about what you're doing today. Yeah, it uh, it was a complete fluke that I got into it. But um, anyways, I won't give you, bore you with the, the details of the opportunity getting into it, but uh, I was working with a Fortune 500 company and they wanted to know whether I could do this thing on the web, which I never even heard of before. Um, luckily, I knew some people that could 
and uh, they helped me produce a website that um, it, it was for uh, co-op. So you put the Fortune 500 logo on with the dealer network. And it, that was on mugs and keychains and all that stuff. So uh, nobody else was doing it. I mean, I, that was the very first corporate site I ever saw. I mean, there was no way. CD Now was out there, but nothing like this. And then because of that, other people were coming to me saying, hey, can you do what you just did for this company? And then we started our own. And back in the 90s, I think we were one of the first, probably first five anyways, uh, companies that were doing print on demand. So you, we would do corporate identity. People would send us their logos and we would create or send us their information. We would create the logo and that's how it started. And uh, then it kind of expanded. I got into um, some, some of the manufacturing side of things, fulfillment side of things. My family opened up uh, two businesses in Taiwan. So I was involved with that. And a friend of mine talked to me about uh, Amazon. It was AMA. It was uh, ASM's first program, beta program, had no interest in it. And then about ASM3, my buddy came back and he said, why don't we go in, in to Vegas and take a look at Amazon again? And we did. And we got involved. Awesome. Yeah. And then, then the rest from there, I guess, how did you transition from what you were doing then into Amazon? Because obviously you've You've now kind of solidified your your spot in the Amazon ecosystem, and you know what what uh, what transpired during that transition of like doubling down on Amazon. Well, it was so easy uh, at the time because I had already done everything from packaging to manufacturing, um, sourcing, bringing in containers, so the whole supply chain management thing, right up to the Facebook ads and you know any any type of external traffic there was. So I could help people out. And at one event, I heard this uh, Irish doctor talking about, he was at, like, not even talking, I could tell he was a deer in the headlights, but he was uh, surrounded by a group of people and they were talking about just not being able to do it. And he wished he could just specialize in doing what he did. And, you know, uh, he would, if, if he found somebody that could beat Standards & Poor, the S&P, that he would be happy to give it away. And I interrupted the conversation. I said, I can do that. And he, over about a two-week period, he just uh, trusted me, gave me some money. He didn't know what I was going to create for him. Uh, I gave him a list of about five to ten things. He picked out one. We ended up with two different things, completely different categories. And uh, then I started working uh, right in Amazon. And I really, at that point, didn't have a successful product. I just heard about this, knew I could do it, and said, yeah, I, I can do this, no problem. And we did it. You know, no problem. It's a lot more difficult now. It, it is. It is. Um, well, it sounds like an, an amazing journey. So what I think a lot of people did start through the ASM program. You know, I didn't listen to the ASM or programs. I, I did one of the other ones. I don't even remember who, who it was at the time, but <laughs> I think we all, the best of us all kind of went through somebody's program at some point getting into all of this stuff. But I mean, Norm, what I think is fascinating about your experience is that Amazon was actually very easy for you when you when the opportunity came about it, because you were already doing a lot of the heavy lifting, right? Like you mentioned, like you already had the supply chain and importing and bringing stuff in overseas, but also driving external traffic and actually marketing products. And how do you help them succeed when you're the one who's responsible for driving the traffic instead of Amazon bringing the traffic to you. And 
and then obviously not having to fulfill any of those products yourself uh, takes a huge load off your shoulders as well. So I think, Norm, no, no wonder you've had so much success in the Amazon space, because I think that not many people in the e-commerce space right now have a lot of that experience of driving external traffic and, you know, years of supply chain experience as well on top of that. So, you know, Norm, we talked prior to hitting the record button, um, and I think there's there's a lot of golden nuggets we'll be able to share with the listeners today. But I think you, you're so experienced, and I want to ask this question for our, our listeners. What would be your advice and recommendation for a seven-figure seller uh, that wants to grow to eight figures and beyond? What is it that they should be focused on in, in their business right now? One thing I didn't tell you, which I think is probably pretty important, is being resilient. You know, there's so many times Amazon just shuts the door on us and we just got to, you know, keep picking ourselves up and moving forward. So I didn't tell you this either. You can't be that one legged stool. You know, if you're only focusing on Amazon, that's probably not the right business model right now because they're in control of you. They decide to suspend you. You're you're out of the game. So I would definitely be trying to find like a multi-channel, omni-channel uh, approach to this. Uh, but what we were talking about is to grow anything, to scale, to get over the chasm. I think it's called, the book is called Crossing the Chasm. Uh, mm. It's, um, you've got to have systems in place. You've got to be able to grow, scale your business and make it as automated as possible. And you as the seller in a eight-figure business, or, you know, seven-figure business, you've got to be able to work on your business, build your business on what counts. You can't be writing the feedback or, you know, working out spreadsheets or data entry. You've got to be able to be able to grow. And the toughest part is at first, you know, how do you find those people? So it's the hiring process. You've got to take time to figure it out. You probably have to work more than eight hours, you know, to, to get this done because this is a lot of night work I found. But once the system's in place and you've got that hiring process and you've got your SOP started and you train people properly to train people, then you can really grow your business. But up until that point, you'll work 25 hours a day. You'll be deep into crisis management because it's always going to be there. And until you can really settle that down, you'll never be able to grow ever. Yeah, I, I think that's very true. I think a lot of sellers, you know, kind of stumble upon success, right? Yeah. And then the skills that of just finding a product on Amazon and being able to source it and and succeed on Amazon and and get to seven figures is well and good, right? That that is a good business. But then if you want to scale, right, and actually build out a team and build out a real brand, it requires kind of taking things to the next level in terms of your own, you know, career progression, so to speak, right? Um, your own skill set. You need to start wearing different hats. No longer are you the one, you know, doing the data entry, communicating with suppliers and all of that. Like you've got to hire and train a team and trust that they're going to go make the same decisions that you would, right? Or better decisions ideally than you would, um, which requires a whole other set of skills. So Norm, is that something that you advise people on? Um, and how do you help people kind of navigate that path? Yeah. I mean, if anybody ever reached out I can help people in different areas, but if people did reach out and they wanted to talk about SOPs, 
I've been doing SOPs. I had a hyper growth company back in 1995 and I was going crazy. Um, and I still talk about this book. It's called the E-Myth. It's called the E-Myth mm. Revisited. Um, it's it's kind of like EOS, but it's um, that's the thing that started back then. There wasn't the EOS system, but that's what got me going. I started to understand process, started to understand how to build brand culture um, or corporate culture and performance-based culture, which if you don't understand that, you can't grow a team because your team's got to buy in. It can't be from you down, you know, you dictating what people have as a culture. They've got to buy into it and accelerate that. So that book was really great. I went through the academy um, that Michael Gerber had. So I learned uh, how to do it at a different level than just at the book. But I can help people with that. Um, I could advise them on where to go and find alternatives to what they're probably doing. And also on the hiring process, we've hired a lot of people throughout the years. And, um, you know, we have systems in place that we work with and actually showing people how to tie that all into a project management tool where if somebody doesn't know what to do, there's a template. So it's just copy paste. And if somebody yeah. doesn't know where to do it, all their SOPs, training and templates are in one area. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you, you have some experience there, which is great. So Norm, what are, what are the, the services that you do provide when, when sellers do come to you, right? Um, what are all the, the many things that you do and when it comes oh, to gosh. consulting and advising clients? Because I know it's a lot, but let's dive into some of those and then we'll dive even deeper into some of those, you know, things that you're doing and, and what's working best right now in the well, e-commerce world. I, I do a lot of things, but it's not just me. Um, a lot of the times um, I find something, I find a good person to run the company we have staff meetings, but for the most part, I'm building. So that's well, that's what I do. Uh, but well, tell I me, believe... tell me more about that. I'm curious about that. You, you know, you you talk about your your building. You have other people more operating the uh, yeah. the businesses, correct? Tell me more about that because I think many of the listeners are like you and I, where we are the builders, the visionaries, um, and we need the the other people, the integrators, so to speak, that can run the day to day operations. So would you mind elaborating a little more on that? Sure. So I believe in vertical integration. So there's multiple parts of the business or businesses. And, you know, it just creates a, a stronger business in the end. One of them, for example, would have been sourcing. Um, I teamed up with an incredible uh, sourcing agent at the time, but he was also an Amazon expert. And he was a, a, a design engineer. So uh, this, the guy that I'm talking about is Afalabi Orokan. And uh, when Amazon was going from Amazon to Amazon FBA, they actually brought him in as a consultant at one point. So very smart guy. Anyways, um, he approached me. We looked at, uh, you know, seeing if we could do some sourcing together. Um, then it turned into some supply chain management uh, fulfillment center that we we have in Pennsylvania, and then product innovation, and we've kind of expanded into these areas for that part of the company. Uh, we have a meeting once, or we had a meeting this morning, and uh, we had it with our team. Uh, we might have a, a second meeting depending on how things are going through the week, but for the most part, he runs it. He has total control of the business. Um, he might ask my, you know, what do I think about this person or that person, if we're hiring or if we're we have to let them go. But um, 
it's pretty much him running that. And I can go out and I can see how we can fit into other areas or build out. So um, anyways, he does his thing. I do what I do best. And uh, it's it's interesting how it's evolving because he's getting more and more known on the um, uh, on the podcast circuit. And more and more people are coming to the service because they've seen him on a podcast, which is great. Uh, then I don't have to do as much work. And, uh, you know, I can go out to these events and just, you know, try to drive traffic over to him that way. I love that. Did it take you time building up that relationship with him to where you you did trust him, you know, because he's running he's running the show now, you know, did it take time? It didn't take as much time as I thought. Um I first of all had no interest in him. Um mm. I didn't. And Afalabi, if you're listening, I'm sorry. But uh I was in sourcing uh I was sourcing in Taiwan uh and in China back in in the 1990s. And uh, I think he was born in the 90s. But anyway, uh, I heard from a friend that uh, you got to talk to this guy. He's in sourcing. And because she was a friend, I said, sure, I'll meet with him. But I really didn't expect that I'd you know, do anything with him because I thought I knew enough about sourcing. First call, he said, uh, sir, I'd like to talk to you about seven ways, seven things your sourcing agent would never tell you. There's seven secrets. You said. So I said, OK, lay it on me. And sure enough, there was three, four things that he told me that I had no clue on. And I, I started talking with him. And probably about a month later, we joined and we got in, in, into business together. And it was funny. It was only, and that was back in 2019. I only met him last year in Mexico for the first time. Oh, really? And I only met him in Toronto last week for the second time. So we've only met, we've done all this business together for years and we've never met. Interesting. Yeah. And I trust them. Like, you know, it's, it takes a lot to build up trust. Yep. But uh, anyways, yeah, he's, he's a great guy. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate uh, that was a side tangent, but I think important for people to understand that it, it does require building out a team and yeah. establishing trust with other people. And that can be done remotely. And, and that's what I love. Hearing from your experience, my entire team is also 100% remote. Um, most of it, like 90% of our team members, I've never met in person. Um, and so uh, it, it can be done, which is great. So, Norm, let's go back to, you know, what are the different services then that, you know, that people come to you for? Well, my people will come to me for Amazon. But when I look at what they're doing, they're working bass backwards. So I go back to them and I say, you know, do you do you have a brand and do you have a social media account set up? Do you have a website like a simple page uh, set up or SEO? These are all things that the one company uh, takes care of for people. But a lot of people just never even think of, oh, why would I need social media? Why would I need uh, a website? And they think that it's got to be really expensive when it doesn't. It's just got to be somebody's going to Amazon looking for your product, you're a micro brand, just like my cup says, rise of the micro brands. Oops, that's uh -huh. not the right cup. <laughs> I thought it was. But uh, anyways, um, what ends up happening is, uh, oh, now I lost my train of thought because of this. What was I saying? Micro brands. 
micro brands, but uh, before that, and and, uh, and having your own website oh, and know, social media. Goes. There we go. It's the, <laughs> web, the website. Thank God I have a younger guy on here. So, um, anyways, it's all about being authority. So if you go onto uh, onto Amazon, what do you, what's the first thing you're going to do? It's a micro brand. You can't trust them. You go to Google, and if there's no presence there, or if there's no way of showing that you're an authority then you're not going to gain the trust and you're not going to have the sale. People will click off. So how do you do that? Social media, website, maybe doing a press release or building out some content on your site so people will see that and know that you're an authority. You know, you 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 speak with authority. So that's one area. The other area is pretty much all the uh, Amazon side of things. And this is also with Walmart now. But we'll build out um, the e-commerce stores. We'll build out and, and work on finding a product for somebody or doing the research and giving them opportunities. Probably one of the bigger things is packaging. So a lot of people don't really understand packaging or how to get perceived value out of packaging. Um, And then we'll do the product listings if people want. Uh, We're very good with graphics. So, you know, the, the, well, designs uh, with graphics. Um, So we can put the whole listing together if people want. And um, then we can move it on to Walmart or we could drive uh, external traffic to it. It's pretty much the whole gambit. My goal when I set this up was it's A to Z. And that's what we've established. It's A to Z. So um, if people do come and they want, if it's not me as an expert, we definitely have somebody in the company that is an expert on Facebook ads or Google ads or whatever it is. Awesome. And I think that's one thing that you'd mentioned prior to this podcast, we had talked a lot about, you know, one of the things that you would advise a lot of sellers to start focusing on is external traffic. Tell me more about that. Why is external traffic so important, especially if people want to be growing to eight figures and beyond? Well, first of all, um, Amazon's rewarding us, right? So they've got the brand referral program that's been in existence for about, what, six, eight months? And they're giving a 10% credit back. So drive traffic over to Amazon. They're saying it's that important that we're going to give you 10% credit. Okay, super. So it's new traffic that may not have ever heard of your brand. From what I understand, now I can't tell you 100%, nobody can. But from what I understand, they weigh um, external traffic differently. And if it converts, even better. So what ends up happening is you get that little uh, bump. So your prices actually end up going down because your conversion is better. So your PPC costs go down. So this is what I've heard multiple people, multiple you know people in the industry say, again, I'm not 100% sure it's true, but it looks to be. But driving external traffic over to your listing is not only good over to Amazon, but it's so easy to do with any of your other, like if you're doing it to Shopify, to build a list, to make that customer yours. And that is, by the way, something we never talked about. And that is owning the client, right? Or sorry, owning the customer. So the, by putting the proper inserts in, by using dynamic um, uh, URLs, so you can change it to the seasons, by having a really great add-on or something of value that people like, it could be a registered warranty or it could be whatever it is. I know uh, we work with a knife company that gives away a 52 week meal, uh, a meal plan hmm. and people love it and a recipe book and they get email addresses 
uh, quite a few email addresses because of this very simple thing to do. And they change it up on uh, the season. So these are little things that you can do that you can now drive external traffic from wherever you want. You can add email campaigns, but it's your traffic. So anyways, I'm going down a thousand different rabbit holes here, but uh, I can't tell you how important it is. And then even if you're driving the traffic from um, like simple posts, okay, you can take those posts and repurpose those posts in your Amazon posts, the side of things. So you use it yep. two ways. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. So there's, there's a lot. I, I think maybe overall, are, are you saying that brands need to become more kind of omni-channel and omnipresent, so to speak, that instead of just leaning into, hey, I'm just an Amazon brand and uh, all I do is just focus all of my attention on Amazon. Are you saying that people need to start focusing more of things off of Amazon then? Yeah, they have to say they're a business, not a Amazon brand, or I sell on Amazon. <clears throat> One of the first things that businesses do is create a business plan. And if you don't have a business plan, you're not a business because you have to have a map of where you're going. And if you don't have that map and you don't have those numbers, and if you don't have a strategy, then how the hell are you going to get to where you want to go? So that's the first thing is make sure that you have the model where you don't have to depend on Amazon. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you have a lot of experience yourself selling outside of Amazon prior to Amazon. And so I think like for you, that that comes more natural than many other people. Or it's like they only know how to sell on Amazon. So if a brand is primarily on Amazon right now, right? That you could consider them an Amazon brand. What are some of the first steps that you would recommend that they should start taking? Because as you shared, there's a lot that people can be doing, driving external traffic, you know, inserts and then email lists. There is a lot, right? Do you have kind of a, maybe a roadmap or a path that you would recommend to people to say, all right, you're here on Amazon but here are some of the next steps we should be taking to get your brand more omnipresent and to create a real business plan. Yeah, probably it's the insert that starts everything uh, if you're on Amazon. So create a QR code, put it on your insert and have it a dynamic, not a static um, uh, QR code. So it's got to you got to be able to go in and change that URL and you could lead that over to a funnel page or you can lead it over to your Shopify page. But at the end of the day, you want to have a area for you to get that email address and or your phone number or, or the phone number or both. And uh, the better the uh, the deal, the more of a chance you're going to get that. So just think of it yourself. So if you're going to some person's landing page that you've never known before. You don't know them from anybody. Oh, you don't trust them. But how? why are you going to give them your email address? So you've got to have something of value to give or it's just not going to work. So if you just, you know, if you're just going to send some white paper or some research or some document PDF file, probably it's, people are just going to click off of it. They're not going to be interested. And um, so it's not going to be successful. So that would be my very first step. Then the next step is to do an email campaign. Um, I've got friends over at uh, Post Purchase Pro, and they 
do that. They'll take care of that for you. And what they say is that you're losing 40% of revenue if you're not doing follow-up emails or touching your repeat customers. Now, repeat customers are easy. They like your brand. Okay. Another thing I should say is that I, for me anyways, I try not to do brands that I can't do recurring revenue. So let's say I sell soap. I do sell soap. Um, there'll be a few cents over on Amazon, but when they come over to my page, there's going to be a lot more soaps that they can't buy on Amazon. Um, there might be a soap dish that I give them, but this is all recurring income. So if I get them to come over and they buy one package of a three pack, uh, I know that's going to probably take two, two and a half months. They're going to come back and they're going to buy more soap. So it's, it's a plan. Um, if it was, you know, if it was something that they use once a nail, boom. Okay. That's all they're going to do. Um, so I, that's one of the things I try to do is always recurring, uh, getting them over to that, that page. Well, it could be a funnel too. It doesn't have to be Shopify. You can do a simple funnel where you can, you know, just tell people what your offer is. You can show the benefits. You can show uh, uh, testimonials or social sharing. Yeah, and you go, like, just build out a normal funnel. And at the end of it, it there's the offer scarcity and your guarantee. Pretty simple. Um, and you'll probably find that you can offer some sort of value. So it might be, let's say it's a multi-purpose knife, but you're going to give away a $20 honing rod that costs you three bucks. You know, something like that, but something of value to get the person to order to give you your, that email address. Interesting. I love that. So, Norm, as as we back it up, I think you did you did a great job of laying out a clear path of like, here's some steps people should be taking if they want to become more omnipresent, so to speak, an omni channel and start a real brand. The first thing was kind of focusing in on that, the product insert, right, or product label, whatever it is, um, and you're enticing people to, you know, give you their email address. So, Norm, I wanted to ask, you know, what are some of the best practices that you see with that? And maybe do you have any case studies or maybe some examples that you might be able to share with us just to kind of spark some ideas in people's mind of the various opportunities that do lie in, you know, building your own audience off of Amazon from those insert cards? Well, and it's a good and bad story, but I know we were working with a beauty company who had built an email list up to 280,000 emails. Wow. But he would not, he never, he thought it was inconvenient. It would inconvenience people if he sent them emails. That doesn't make sense. 280,000 emails. So, yeah, that 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 wasn't uh, that wasn't a smart move. But uh, how anyways. was he attracting? I mean, how did he attract 280,000 people to give him their email address? Right. Like, do you know what the offer was? Yeah. Well, uh, different beauty products. So what it would be is you could go. You could go to the insert, it would go to a landing page. The landing page uh, would offer them one of his other products. So if you had the shampoo conditioner, you could have the, um, uh, what's it called, carotene treatment. Or you could have, um, uh, there was uh, some serums and stuff like that. But you were offered a free product. So, so in, the, uh, $10 in the insert card, 
it on the insert card it says hey claim your free product i assume then yep. okay yep so all it did was it sent he he got the email address and uh the address because he had to send the product mm. so he had it he had it all and he did not and would not send out a single email fascinating yeah which is you know going back you you kind of shared that stat that you think that people are missing out on 40 percent of revenue just by not implementing you know yeah, additional as, yeah right you sell a million bucks you're missing out on four hundred thousand. fascinating yeah any other stories or examples of like insert cards or you know ways that work to get people to provide their email address well there's always the extended warranty. So that is something, again, going back to um, the knife company, uh, extended warranty. So it's a lifetime warranty. Okay, great. That's a lifetime warranty anyway, basically. But, you know, it's a lifetime warranty. Um, another one was just like I was talking to you about before, a knife with the honing rod. Okay, great. Uh, another one that worked for that company was the meal plan and cookbook. So you can either download and get a weekly email. So what's in that weekly email with the weekly plan? Mm. Well, there's some sort of promotion. It wasn't all the time, but there was either just some recipe. So this is something that we did as well. We went out and we uh, talked to chefs and we talked to culinary schools and we gave them um, a very expensive knife. Okay. And so the deal was we'll supply the whole class with these very expensive knives um, if they provide us with a recipe and spread it out on their social media, tag us on their social media. So we got a ton of user-generated content and we got a ton of recipes. So what did we do on Amazon Posts? Mm. We provided recipes. So that started Smart. to get a very unique following. And then because of that, um, we ended up getting all this really cool stuff that we could put onto this other page, fill into the newsletter. And when people got their newsletter, they got recipes, which ended up being two full, really incredible recipe books. So now we give away the recipe books, but we could peel off one recipe at a time, which people enjoyed, you know, and we didn't do it, but you could have even segmented it further. If the person was vegan, you could just send them vegan recipes or vegetarian or, you know, whatever it was, you could you could drill down and even build a better profile. So now you're targeting really specific things, you know, depending on what you're selling later on. That is super smart. And honestly, I think I had a mindset shift as you were talking about, you know, leveraging those recipes into Amazon posts as well. So I, I think that's a brilliant strategy, right? Like with the, so to sum things up, people would buy this knife set, right? They would get, and they had the car that's like, hey, get, you know, 52 weeks worth of free recipes sent to your email inbox, right? They opt yep. in, they give you their email address, and then you got really well, like you didn't just go to Google and be like, oh, no, I need a recipe and just scrape something off of Google, you got them from professional, you know, culinary students, right? And then you have exceptional recipes. You're sending them out via email on a weekly basis, right? So you're providing value to the the customer, right? Or your potential lead. And so that they don't feel like they're just being marketed to, right? I think when people think about, oh, I can generate 40,000 
or 40% more revenue from email. I just need to send sales emails. Like, no, that's, it's not the way that the email game works, but I like the fact that like you're providing value and then you repurposed that content from your emails into Amazon posts. Um, that's a big mindset shift because I think for people like, yes, you may still be focusing on Amazon, but as you open up this new, you know, email channel, like you're still serving Amazon at the end of the day and you can repurpose some of that. So I like that idea. I think we're going to start taking some of that, that away, like even our own newsletters, like what content should we just be sharing on Amazon posts? Like it's its own social media channel. Right. Yeah, we went one step further with the uh, the culinary students and chefs. Um, hasn't started. It should be this week or next. But we have a cooking show now on Amazon Live. Really? So and are you? Yeah. T- well, tell me more about that. I have a lot of questions about that. Okay. So we got the um, chefs to come on, and they're going to be doing uh, like it's going to be a cooking show. And we didn't know if we were going to have it in a studio that we would prep for. Um, that would just be our studio, but we decided not to do it that way. Uh, it's just going to be, uh, it is in a culinary school. So we've okay. got everything at our fingertips. And the tip is they're going to be going and showing us how they prepped it. And then at the end, there'll be a dish that's already made and people will see it. So it's going to be some live content. Using the product, because one of the things that Amazon wants to show you, uh, say, wants to show is the product as a deal, and they want to show the product being in use. So it's, it's selling, it's promotional, but it's also useful information. So I think that's yeah. going to generate, like the average person spends eight minutes on an Amazon Live. Really? If we can extend that out, uh, that'll be even better. And I think we're going to get a lot of followers for them. I think that that is a brilliant strategy. So to sum that up, Norm, the product you guys are promoting, so to speak, is it knives there? Same thing? Yeah, it's it's a whole selection so, of kitchen utensils, but primarily okay. knives. Okay, so kitchen utensils. So they're going to be using multiple utensils throughout that, you know, cooking process then, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they are featuring different uh, utensils, but rather than just hey, I want to show you this new spatula and look how nice this spatula is and how long do you want to listen to a talking head just talking about a spatula, right? You're providing actionable and valuable content. Like you're going above and beyond. And I think that's a brilliant strategy that I think people need to start thinking outside the box more that way. People are looking for video. And don't forget when you do this, uh, if you have a YouTube channel uh, or this is something that we don't talk about it a lot, but this is a strategy that you can use for content. Uh, content's everything right now on Amazon, outside of Amazon. But if you have a video, even if you go to a company like Billow and they'll put together a, a, a video for you for you know, around 100 bucks, well, you can take that video, very well done, and then you can start taking uh, screen captures. And now instead of having just a video, well, you've got 10 images. Mm. And you've got the video. And if you do that with five different influencers, then you can mix it up. So it doesn't look like it's the same one that you're using or 10 even. What's a thousand bucks when you're, you know, when you, if you can get 10 different, uh, 10 different influencers and you yeah. get 10 different shots from each influencer, and then you could even mix up 
and you can start adding like just uh, um, like splice it together in editing. You got countless amounts of inventory, not inventory, but content that you can put on your website, repurpose on all social media into YouTube. And just like this, um, you can actually take your uh, Amazon Live, download segments of it and put it onto your YouTube and wherever else you want to show it. But now you've got multiple, multiple, multiple uses for your content. You can repurpose it all over. That's brilliant. No, I, I love that. What was the name of that software? You said Billow. Is it B-I-L-L-O? B-I-L-L-O. Okay. Yeah, incredible. It's, it's, what is it? Tell us more about that. Okay, so very simple. Uh, you go, You they, there's a packages. For, they've got a one-pack, five-pack, ten-pack. So that's how many videos you, you want. Okay. And they range, they say 59 but uh, I, I seem to think that it was $89. Just over a hundred bucks, depending on if you want certain things being said, and you can pick from um, a unboxing, a, a review, uh, a testimonial, um, a, a demo, whatever you want, and uh, you have a you put it out to bid, and not to bid, but to review. People will see okay. it. And they'll say, "Oh, I want a knife. I, I want a knife, or I, yeah. I want some soap." They come back and you select out of the group which ones you want, and then they produce it, and it's very high quality. Now, this is not an influencer network. You're not going to okay. get them to post it on their influencer sites. Okay. It's something that looks like very high quality, you completely usable. And if you don't like it, you can go back and get a revision. Fascinating. Very cool. I'm going to have to take a look at that one. I have not heard about that software. Oh, before. my gosh. So good. But sounds like a, an amazing service. Um, and yeah. you, you shared a great strategy of how you could then repurpose that content multiple times on on Amazon and everywhere, you know, your own social media. That's where we we are talking about being more omnipresent, right? Yeah. Having your own social channels and, and website and all of that. Now, that's kind of where we kind of got down this rabbit hole here is we were originally talking about building your own audience, right? We talked about... Uh, getting people from the insert cards and then creating that email list. And then we ultimately started, you know, directing some traffic to Shopify. At what point do brands start focusing more on driving traffic to their own D2C store than trying to direct external traffic to Amazon? Do you have any recommendation? It just depends on the brand. You can do it at any time. Um, if it is more of an Amazon brand, if you want that captivated audience and it's going to cost you, let's say you have a lower dollar product, right? Like soap. If you have, This is something we learned. If I'm selling one bar of soap, I'm going to die on Facebook. I'll yeah. never make a penny. Uh, if I bundle it, I will. Uh, so it depends if you're you know, in that lower dollar category. It's going to be tough to, to drive traffic over to your DNC until... Um, until you um, establish that list, you know, later on where you can now target people, build loyalty programs, um, uh, a referral program. So this is something my son does. He'll go out and he'll uh, build a referral program and it's a contest. You know, you get a point or five points for every person you refer to and then you can get something usually non-related. So uh, we've given away um, AirPod Pros or Max mm. or whatever they are, you know, 
wireless things. <laughs> and, 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 you know, you'll get tons and tons of new followers. One of the things that we did, by the way, which um, this is for some jewelry, $55 jewelry. Okay. Uh, we started out, we were just talking about it last night. And um, anyways, it's some nice jewelry. We spent money on photography, lots of money on photography, but um, getting followers. We, as of now, have 12,000 followers, all organic followers who love the concept of the jewelry that we provide non-promotional uh, information to them. And then those 12,000 people and those 12,000 people ended up costing us less than a thousand dollars to get Wow, 12,000 people. So 24,000, a hundred thousand, you know, like on my soap, I've got over a hundred thousand followers. How hard is it when you have a new bar of soap to say, Hey, you know, check this out. If you like Hawaiian scents, if you like this scent, yeah, take 10% off. That's where you can, you know, really build out. And if you can build out your social media, well, you can you can do the D to C anytime. How do you build out that audience though, then so cheaply and so effectively? <laughs> so it, it depends. Uh, like I think my my other friend, my old business partner uh, Wilfred Lightheart, I could tell you a story there where um, he's reached millions of people on ten dollars, mm. and he, but he he just he knows how to do it. He knows the like he uses all different techniques to build communities. And I know we had built a, a community of 5 million Republicans, which got shut down by Facebook, <laughs> and 3 million Democrats, which never did. Um, and uh, anyways, what you could do with that is leverage, like building up these communities on a um, very low cost using Facebook uh, posts or boosts. Or um, like for him, he was just boosting with viral content about the subject. And um Anyways, then you split it off into, you know, what Republicans like, what Democrats like, what kind of dogs do they like, what kind of pets do they like, and then you could start marketing to them. So it was really quite powerful. And because it wasn't brand specific, you could market multiple brands into that, or you could even create your own affiliate and market other people's brands into those communities. But uh, it's not hard to build a community as long as you're consistent and you're not promoting, promoting, promoting. Yeah. Like he always says, you got to get engaged before you get married. So fully agree with that. Makes a lot of sense. I think yeah. that's, that's some great advice. Now we're, we're coming up on time here, Norm, but I would love for you to share with some people, some easy optimization tactics that they can be making to their listings that typically get overlooked. Oh yeah. There's, there are so many things right now. So one of the things that uh, I like to do, is I don't like to use the retail packaging that I normally would have the, let's say the soap in or whatever product it could be, the knives. I want to bring out the selling points or if it's real, like, you know, a supplement bottle is very crammed with all sorts of information. Yeah. You've got all the uh, uh, supplement info on the one side, the directions and all the ingredients. And then you got lots of stuff up front. I get rid of all that. So I'll just do a 3D rendering. That's important. And we never talked about that, but 3D renderings are so much, so important when you're using cardstock boxes or um, um, especially cylinder type bottles. Um, so you can just clean it up. So it says the name, the product, you can bring out if it's the count that's important or if there's any benefits that are important, you can put it there. 
nobody's going to complain if they don't get the exact same bottle as what was on the listing. If they are, they're an idiot. You know, they're just a troublemaker. But uh, and he, and he, you give them the refund like they want. Um, but it's, nobody's going to do that. So that's one thing. The other thing, I'm going to skip title, bullets, back-end stuff. I'm going to accept, and this is Vanessa Hung, so if you ever get a chance to listen to her, um, she talks about flat files and using every field in your flat file and making sure that um, uh, every uh, field is taken up and that you, um, it's called contributor's rights, and that you upload these on a regular basis just so Amazon can see its contributors' rights. And if they see a change all of a sudden, like all of a sudden a category change to adult or images, they can be, it can be shown that it's still you're the contributor and not this other person. And the chances of you getting that repaired very quickly, it's, it's, that's important. So that's something I didn't tell you about. The other is it's frequently bought together. Get a few people to buy your products. For me, soap sense. I might have a one-pack three-pack and dish, soap dish, or I might have different scents. But why do I want my competitors to be on the frequently bought together? And it might only take one purchase or two purchases to have everything together. So that's another area. And 33% of all sales are done through frequently bought together. Another key area. On that, if you don't mind me interrupting on that, how do you kind of influence that? Is that just something that you maybe create a promotion to your email list or social media to yeah, tell people do to do that or any recommendations there? Yeah, you could you could do something like that. You could do um, you could just do a virtual bundle if you wanted uh, or you could do a Facebook ad and you could just say that you're having a 50 percent off sale or something along those lines um, just to show that they're they're done together. But a virtual bundle and you promote that virtual bundle, that'll do her. But you only need a, a couple of sales. That's it. Mm. You know, that, and when you see all these other people that have virtual, like frequently bought together, and there's competitors on there, all you have to do is buy it once or twice, and you'll probably beat out the competitor. Now, supplements might be a little bit different, but most categories, all it is is your competitors bought your product. And that's a strategy too. If you've got an added, let's say I'm a knife company, Yep. And I don't have a polishing stone or if I don't have a honing rod, well, team up with somebody who has a honing rod and now you're on the listing. Or if somebody else has more sales than you, go and buy their product. Yeah. With your product. Great idea. Great so idea. So that's, that's one. And then the final one, um, which is, you know, quite obvious. Well, actually there's two. There's the questions and answers, which you get people to ask quite, it doesn't matter who it is. It could be you. It could be, you know, your hamster. Anybody can answer or put in a question with a keyword and then you answer it with that keyword and that'll get indexed. The, that, those are indexed. One and of I've, heard that's, I've heard that's also a really good way if there's like brand related terms, right? That you can't yes. necessarily include in your listing but you could say, is this similar to the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, you know, iron yeah, or something like that? Terms of service because it's a question that came in from somebody. So, yep. yeah, so I don't think that's a problem. And then the other one uh, I didn't tell you about is related video. So under related video, you can upload a comparison or a review video to your competitors with their product. And you just don't trash your product. 
but you make your product a little bit more enticing. Uh, or uh, we go to a, a company like a video production company and we get them to do maybe a two minute video. But within the two minutes, we say, OK, make us, you know, try to do 10 videos that we can somehow assemble you know maybe it's an unboxing video uh it's instructions it's whatever it is but you can do 10 videos out of this two minutes and then we'll get somebody to do a thumbnail how to you know the, mm. the brand you know and then uh unboxing blah 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 the brand and then i upload every single one and it looks like it's more of a tutorial section yeah than a related nobody's doing that that is a really, really good idea. All right. So I want to break that one down because I feel like okay. that is a that is a golden nugget that I think nobody's talking about. So this sits above the review section, right? right. Um, and there's a bunch of it just says related videos, right? Right. And if you don't upload your own videos, then typically what's going to show up are just like competitors videos Anything that's related to your product that Amazon feels is related will just, there's a video, they'll put it there. And right now there's a lot of unoccupied real estate, to be honest with you there. Um, so Norm, you're able to then upload your own videos then, correct? Like you feel as your brand. own brand, you yep. can upload related videos. Where does that go? I, like, that, where do you upload it? Oh, there's a, it's so crazy, but just look in the section. It'll probably be blank or you'll have your competitors videos there. But right there, it says add video. Click it, upload your video. That's it. And it's not against TOS. Like you're the brand. You could be logged into your brand account and you upload your own brand videos across yep. the board. And these could be even 10 second clips, you know, from a two minute video and you just chopped them up. Correct. Yeah. If you want to make it a little bit bigger. So you've got a really nice thumbnail. Don't make it look cheesy. Uh, or it'll just be, you know, one of the frames in the video, but make it look educational and make it look enticing and then have a little one second or one and a half second intro. And it could be like something you have for everyone. So it's consistent. Everything about brands consistency. So you have this one and a half second, your logo or, you know, yeah. and then the benefit, you know, what that video is about. And then the next one, and then the next one. And then. You can take a review video that you've done, you've bought three or four products, and you can have, you can test it out. You can just very simply show the product. Now, one of the things that I have, and it's right over there, is a very inexpensive photo studio. Um, so I went through school for photography, film and photography. However, I never was a photographer. So for you know, 30 years later, I got myself a <laughs> a, a light box, but it's called Foldio. Okay. Foldio is awesome. It, it's not expensive. It has LED lights. You might want to buy, it's called the 360 Smart Table. And all of a sudden, you've got this thing that can do rotating. Um, and I'm talking about with your finger, like you could rotate the images around. You can put your competitor stuff on. Um, maybe you have duller lights, you know, than what's on yours. So yours always comes up brighter and looks mm. better. But there's all sorts of ways to do it very inexpensively without having to go out to a photography studio because it's supposed to look like an iPhone has shot it, you know, so it looks homemade. And you could just go through, you know, four different points on each one. So for, for us, like when we do Facebook Live, 
we want to make sure that how's the brand, how's the unboxing, how's the perceived value, and how's the overall customer experience. You can just use those four points on the four products. And of course, yours is always the better. Yeah. And then you can put it on all four of those competitors. So and you can then upload. you go to your competitors listing and you yes. go to related videos, right? The related video section. And you just go ahead and upload that. And upload. And guess what? You can, you can put all your videos up there if you wanted. But, you know, I wouldn't recommend that. I would probably put yours without the thumbnail on it. Okay. So it just, it, you know, it doesn't look the same, but you can, you can start putting yours up there. And what you want to do is make sure that you fill out your, your carousel because you don't want your competitors to, you know, kind of do the same you once they find out yeah. what you're doing. Genius. This gets me really excited, Norm. That, that, that's an amazing <laughs> um, little hack there. I, I love that. But all TOS compliant, very white hat. This isn't like yeah. anything shady, but a lot of real estate that just simply isn't being taken advantage of. And Amazon is definitely leaning more into video. Mm-hmm. Um, with your experience, Norm, kind of another question I wanted to ask, you, you know, you went to school for photography, videography, you have your kind of your own little home studio now. Any recommendations that you would provide to people when it comes to product photography or videos? Because I think most people look at that and it's like, oh, this is a daunting task for myself. Um, now this is a, you have to go and do competitive analysis. So if you're finding that your competitors are more higher end, um, it might be okay to do a lower end video, but in some cases, you know, I think supplements, you know, they spend a bit of money on their videos, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to. And I know I'm speaking in circles here, but there might be an argument to say that, it might be different enough if you do a low end video and people might find it more refreshing to see hmm. a lower end video than some highly polished video. Um, I, I don't spend a lot of money on videos and I'll even do videos with that light table over there, just rotating. And don't forget, Amazon's got their own video templates now. So if, if you, you know, if you put your product in the one side and you've got a little, like you show it spinning around on a, a table, or if you've got a GIF that you wanted to, or GIF, whatever you want to say, but, you know, you, you want to just put multiple um, images in there and then mm-hmm. put whatever your bullet points are, like the headings for them, they'll produce a very inexpensive video and at least you've got it and it's free. Where are those video it? templates? What's that? Where are those video templates? The video templates are when you go to upload a video, you, you'll be able to see where you can uh, get a video template. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they're, they're, you know, they're free. They're, there's nothing that you have to pay. I mean, it's you, you just load them up and you've got something that you can use. Now there are other video um, uh, apps, out, lots of video apps out there, but uh, Animoto was one that I used in the past. I don't anymore. Uh, what's some others? Uh, what is it? Video Lee? I, f- I forget, but Animoto is the one, okay. but you can go to, uh, companies that do this, uh, video telepathy is, um, a good company, high quality videos. Um, uh, what's the agency that was just approached us? They made one for us. Anyways, uh, video telepathy is really great when it comes to product and demo videos. Awesome. I love that. Well, you, you've shared a lot of 
valuable feedback. And so, Norm, as we wrap things up here today, I would love to, you know, ask you my few final questions that I like to ask everybody. Um, But before we get to that point, I'd love to leave the audience with three actionable takeaways from each episode. Here are the three takeaways that I noted, Norm. Let me know if you think I'm missing something. So number one, I think the basic thing that people need to do if they haven't done this yet is actually take time out of your schedule to create a business plan and a business strategy. If you have not created your three to five year plan for your business, and how you're going to grow from where you're at to where you want to be in the future and the different levers that you need to pull when and where, then you need to to start working on your business Um, because there's a lot of great tactics that we talked about today. And honestly, that's been one of the mistakes that I've made in the past when I was new into e-commerce was just whenever I heard something new and it was a cool shiny object, you know, a new marketing hack, I would just go dive into it without seeing how that fits into the overall business plan and strategy that we are pursuing. So that's first and foremost. Number two would be an actionable takeaway is that if you are not actively, you know, collecting your own audience off of Amazon, right, whether it be through insert cards or through warranties or whatever that be, um, start doing that. Or if you are like the other seller that we talked about that had 280,000 people already on their list, but not utilizing um, their that email channel, then that would be a next step. I think, you know, if, if people are an Amazon brand primarily right now, I think email genuinely is kind of your next stage before you start getting distracted in, you know, maybe big Shopify stores or, you know, click funnels or anything like that. Utilize email. And then third, last but not least, you shared a lot of actionable strategies with some optimization tips that people could could go back and listen to. But anything from product images to the question and answer fields to related videos, take one of those optimization tactics that we talked about, especially as it relates to content and start repurposing your content throughout Amazon. So. Those are kind of, I think, three actionable takeaways from this episode. Norm, anything else you think I missed that we should add in there? Well, if they wanted to go one step further with optimization, uh, check out Amazon's internal tools for optimization. And one of them uh, is called Listing Optimization, which is under your catalog. So when you sell in, go into Seller Central, uh, under catalog, you'll see the listing optimization. I think that's what it's called now. Anyways, it'll tell you uh, four or five different tips what you could do. Some of them are not accurate, okay, but some of them are. The other thing is growth opportunities. So click on that, and it'll show you different ways and the amount that you're missing out on in a 90 over a 90-day period. I did it with one of my clients and they were missing out on $40,000 worth of product. If we just did these little tweaks mm. and we did, uh, I don't know if it came out to that, but uh, it'll tell you, need a video, need a plus, need this, need that. And you do that. Then you can go over to your brand section and you can take a look at your search terms and see if there's any low quality terms that are going to generate you nothing. And you can replace those terms. They're usually in pink replace those terms with something that will get you some extra traffic. There's a lot of internal tools that uh, Amazon has has now to help you out. 
That's brilliant. I think that's great advice. And I, I have seen those recommendations before that. That's an easy one that people should be paying attention to. But I think we also overlook uh, very frequently. Norm, as we wrap things up, what is a book that you've read that has been impactful? I think you've maybe answered it earlier in this conversation, but what's been the most in, impactful books that you've read and why? Uh, it's I'm going to go back. E-Myth, uh, E-Myth Revisit is what's called now. Uh, I can't say enough about it. It really did change the way I, I looked at business. Awesome. I love that. What is a software tool that you're currently utilizing that uh, maybe a lot of people aren't talking about uh, that needs some light shed on it? Oh, if you are not using Datadive, you're missing out. Yep. I agree. Datadive with Brandon Young, yep. one of the, the best newest tools in the Amazon seller system right now. Yep. All right. Last question here. Um, what, who is somebody that you respect the most in the e-commerce space that uh, people need to be paying attention to and, and following along their content? Yeah. I don't know. He says he's not doing podcasts anymore, but I always liked uh, Adam Heist. He was really, you know, on it. Um, I like Brandon. I like Brandon Young is, is on it. Uh, there's a lot of people, Stephen, who you've had on, Stephen Pope, um, Carlos Alvarez with Wizards. Um, you know, he's got the unbelievable. He's got the biggest um, Amazon meetup in the world. 16,000 people. Yeah, that is um, a big meetup. Crazy. But those are those are a few people. And I, I, my partner, uh, Afalabi Orocon, I mean, he he knows his stuff as well, especially with product innovation. I love it. Great. Those that's a great list of people that uh, other people can go pay attention to and follow. Oh, and Kevin, I got a, my friend, my buddy, uh, Kevin, Kevin King. King. You, of you, course. You know, yeah. And I got to give a shout out to him. He's got the flu right now. So uh, just get better, you know, get better quick. Awesome. Well, Norm, as as we depart today, I think there is a parting gift you are going to leave our audience with a new tool kind of never before heard. Um, this is the first time I'm hearing it as well. Norm's revealing it here on our podcast. So we're fortunate. So Norm, kind of uh, give us the good word here. OK, it's not so much a tool. Uh, it's just a lot of effort. What I'm doing and Amazon sellers like in general don't know how to find influencers. So they either hear a couple of different ways. They don't go about it, but different platforms have different ways of approaching them. So I'm going to be doing this TikTok daily journal on how to do it. It's from like day one, trying to find influencers, what platforms, what to say, what not to say, mistakes, blah, 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 blah. And then on the other side of it, people want to become influencers. And this is a challenge I took from my son, Kelsey, saying, uh, he, he thought I'd be a good influencer. I said, I think I would suck at being a buying influencer because I have no, no, like zero followers on that side of it. On the podcast side, yes, but on the buyer side, zero. So the challenge was to create um, a zero to 100,000 followers uh, as an influencer uh, in a year. And so this is what we're doing. We're looking for people, for products that at no charge, We'll put them on Amazon Live, just like we were talking about before. We, we've done it for years, years now. Um, we'll, we'll do a video. We'll do photos. Everything that you'll need to, you'll be on the deal site. What I'm trying to do is create this thing called Lunch with Norm Deal. All we need is product. 
So if you get us the product, we'll start to do all this stuff. I can't tell you if it'll be on one channel or on multiple channels, but you get us the product. We'll do this for you for absolutely free. The only time, the only time that there'll be a charge is if it's uh, if there's a sale and there'll be 10% um, charge. Uh, but if you're on Amazon, it'll be just replaced by the credit. Uh, but that's because of if we're doing uh, Facebook ads or if we're doing Instagram or doing anything on TikTok, it costs us as well. So all I'm trying to do is recoup costs, do this challenge, and just show how an old guy with zero followers can hit 100,000 followers in a year. I love that. Norm, what a, what a cool opportunity. So if people want to follow you and maybe take advantage of this opportunity, where should people be contacting you? Okay. at? I am going to be doing all sorts of promos on Lunch with Norm Deals, which is on Amazon Live. But uh, yeah, anything Lunch with Norm Deals uh, is probably going to be under LWN Deals. We've just started like there's no followers. I think I have one follower now. I don't even know how I got that follower, but uh, on Instagram, but uh, that's how, or if you want to send me products, just uh, norm, just really simple, norm at lwndeals.com. And I'll uh, respond, give you the address where to send it to. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be good for the, the person, because they're going to be able to get influencer. They'll be able to get live. They'll be able to take that content and repurpose it. So they got nothing to lose. And uh, all I want to do is I don't want to be embarrassed after a year coming in at, you know, 90,999. So I need that 100,000 to hit my challenge. I love it. Norm, th this has been so awesome. Thanks so much for the valuable insights and strategies that you've shared with us today. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for listening. Visit ecombreakthrough.com for more information. If you've enjoyed today's episode, the best way you can show your appreciation is by clicking the subscribe button and quickly leaving a review. See you again next time.